You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You are joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harm, the host for this episode, and I'm all alone again today. <laughs> uh, I hope you all don't get tired of listening to me, myself, and I in some of these episodes. The rest of the team's just been super, super busy and uh, not able to join me recently. So, I figure an episode is better than no episode, I, I hope. Anyway, here we go. In this episode, I'm going to talk about a subject that comes up all the time. We've covered very well on the Master Photography Podcast and over at my other podcast, Photo Taco Podcast, and that is Back Button Focus. That's where we're going to call it BBF at times for short for Back Button Focus. Um, I'm going to start very, very briefly with what it is, but for the most part, I'm going to refer you to another episode so you can go and, and figure it out more, but back button focus, it, it can sound super intimidating. It can sound difficult and like a really technical thing. I remember the first time I heard it cause it didn't take me long after getting into photography to hear about back button focus. And it turned out to be like super simple, at least as a concept, not so easy to implement and bring into your workflow. But as a concept, all it is really is literally what it says. It's changing the configuration of your camera so that the autofocus system is engaged by pressing a button on the back of the camera instead of pressing the shutter halfway down. I mean, obviously, you're still going to use the shutter button. That's how you tell the camera you want it to capture light and, you know, make a picture in the memory card, uh, create a file on the memory card that is the photons it, that it, the sensor got, all of that, that you still have to press the shutter button. That's how you take a picture. But you can you can change the configuration on your cameras. Nearly every, in fact, I don't know of a camera, a current within the last 10 years camera that doesn't support this because it's been a feature that people have demanded. And so manufacturers have put it in there. And there's reasons for it. And maybe those reasons are technical for the the time when these cameras came out. And that's, that's what we're going to talk about. It's going to be the, the new angle that we're going to go through today. If you don't know what this is, if you don't know back button focus, you've never heard of it, or maybe, yeah, you've never heard of it, then you need to go check out a different Photo Taco episode I published back in May of 2015 called Back Button Focus, yeah, original name. And uh, you should go check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode, or you can go over to phototacopodcast.com and just search for Back Button Focus. It'll pop right up and you'll be able to go and enjoy that podcast where I go into a lot more detail and explain what it is and why you want to use it. And, and we're going to talk through a little bit of that detail, but I, like I said, we're going to take a different angle on that today. As a shooting technique, Back Button Focus, it's unusually controversial, I'll say, as a technique, like as people using it. There seem to be two camps here. You you have those that use it and those that don't, which is obvious. But what's interesting to me is how those two camps don't get along at all. We have these two sides and they are firmly entrenched in their camp. They've picked a side and they are going to defend that ground and die there on whichever side they stand. 
I don't know why it's like such a big deal. Photographers, they seem to get really passionate about this. And it seems to me like this is just a technique, like a lot of other techniques, a lot of other suggestions or rules of thumb or things, uh, things people say a lot where you can take it or leave it as a technique. If it helps you, then use it. If it doesn't, then don't. I, I don't understand why there's all this passion behind the topic, but there does seem to be. And maybe we'll see that displayed even on this episode. I do think it is very worth understanding the technique and trying it out. If it ends up being something that helps you to create the photos as you use it, then do it. And if it doesn't help you to create the photos you want, then leave it. However, I I really think that you need to spend the time to really evaluate that for yourself. Like don't rely on someone else and what their experience has been and and which camp they're in cuz like I said they get really entrenched in this and they have this passion for it and and it might not be the how you end up seeing it. So you know, don't take the pros or the cons from it that everyone says all just on people's word. Go give it a try. Go go and try it out. Now, some of you listening may have heard of back button focus as a shooting technique and never really given it a try. Maybe you know what it is. You've heard about it a lot too, but you've never really given it a try. And maybe you've even heard of this for like years. You know, like, oh, I really need to try that out. I really recommend you give it a serious try before some of you, because some of you might find this a game-changing technique that will help you improve or move further down that path towards mastering your photography because the technique helps you. And when I say give it a serious try, I really do mean those words here. Back button focus as a technique, it's going to interfere with the muscle memory you have for taking photos. It may not seem like a really huge deal as I'm describing it, but even if you're pretty new to photography, you are already developing some muscle memory there that you use when you're taking photos and back button is going back button focus is going to interfere with that. It may feel like really awkward. I remember it. It was super awkward. And as I've taught it, my students that have tried this have seen it be very awkward. Some of them decide, yeah, this is just too awkward for me. I, I can't do this. It's slowing me down. It's making me miss shots. I can't do it. And that's fine. If that's how it is and the muscle memory that changes just too much to overcome, cool. I'm good with that. I don't care. I just want to make sure I teach people about it, let them decide for themselves if it's something that's helpful and then use it or something that's not and just don't use it. And that's fine. I do personally use back button focus. Now it's well established. I've talked about this a lot on the podcast here. I am a control freak as I shoot. I don't think I'm a control freak in a lot of area, other areas of my life, but with shooting, as I'm shooting, I want full control over everything. I, I do think there is a place for like semi-automatic shooting modes, like aperture priority uh, for, for some situations, but I, I shoot manual for the most part because I want to control all of the camera settings and I don't want to leave that up to my camera to decide. I'm not saying that you're not a real photographer if you don't shoot manual because I think that's hogwash. I just like to have full control over the exposure triangle as I'm shooting 
and manual mode allows me to do that. It took a long time for me to get there. It took a long time for me to be comfortable in saying, hey, camera, I think I know how to do this better than you. And I think more often than not, I now do a better job than my camera would in deciding what to do. But if you don't have that skill yet, or or there are some conditions where semi-auto can kind of make sense, I don't want to go through that here. That'll just take time away from our discussion on back button focus. I also don't like shooting with flash in TTL for exactly the same reasons. I don't want to have my flash be told to change power or zoom settings because my camera has made some kind of a decision. I like being in control of when my flashes fire with their power levels and their zoom levels. I love having them set to manual mode so that I am making that decision. I'm a control freak when it comes to how the photography gear I'm using operates. That's why it really fits for me and my personal situation with back button focus. I don't like that the shutter button is doing two, in some cases, three things at once when I press it. It's supposed to trip the shutter and then record an image to the memory card. That's what the purpose is of the shutter button. I don't want that shutter button to also mess with the focus, potentially exposure lock. I prefer to choose for myself when the autofocus system should be engaged and when it shouldn't. BBF works for me. But if it doesn't work for you, I'm not offended. <laughs> I say go forth with your half shutter press autofocus and create awesome images. That's the most important thing. If you're getting the results you want and you don't use BBF, just fine. That's great. Just keep shooting and keep creating those awesome photos. I do think every photographer owes it to themselves to investigate it. Make the decision. Give it a serious try. That might mean being uncomfortable for a couple of weeks as you shoot or two or three shoots, something like that. And if at the end of that, you're like, yeah, this is not for me. I don't see the advantage. It's not helping me. Then go back and do just do the, the shutter button focusing and go make images. That's the most important thing, creating the images. All right. The reason I decided to bring this topic back up is there was a really kind of fun article. Um, it ended up like, like I said, there's this like weird passion on this topic that I just don't really understand. And the Petapixel article that I kind of, dis why, why I decided to do this episode today, it's an article called, Is Back Button Focus Becoming an Outdated Photography Technique? And in this article, the author is suggesting that there are advances in technology in modern cameras that make back button focus irrelevant. And man, did it cause some passion. <laughs> man, the comments on the article are as interesting as the article itself. The, the photographers really bring it to the author. And I went into this episode then trying to kind of decide for myself what I think. As, as a back button focus user, as someone who prefers that with my shooting, where do I land on this argument or this suggestion that modern technology might mean that it's it's irrelevant and you don't need back button focus here in 2020. Uh, so I I had to do a lot of thinking about this and I'm going I tried my best to go into this with an open mind, uh, trying to be open to the the points here and really understand what they're saying. Even though I do have this instinct to try to 
defend it a little bit about how, yeah, okay, that technology's there, but I'm not sure it really substitutes what I get out of back button focus. Anyway, we'll go through my thoughts and what I'm thinking as we point by point. I'm going to talk about the technology that the author is arguing has made it irrelevant and, and why it might or might not be a valid point in my mind doesn't mean that, that I'm right. It just is how I'm reacting to it based on my experience. I also want to point you to an article from Canon that they released back in January 2013. Uh, they have updated it as recently as February 2019. So this is an ongoing topic for Canon too. But um, what they had was the article is called Back Button Autofocus Explained. And in that article, Canon explains why it is they have put back button focus as a configurable capability into every camera they've made since 1989. And the five types of shooting where they've been told by professional photographers that back button focus provides them an advantage. So much that it's like an indispensable feature. Maybe that's where some of the passion comes from because there's so many that rely upon it and it's become so much a part of their muscle memory they can't imagine and, and functionality that they can't imagine not having it and that just brings up the ire inside them i don't know i'm not sure why the passion's there but anyway i'm going to refer to these use cases a little bit through this discussion too as we go through these features the petapixel author suggests makes back button focus irrelevant here in 2020. all right the first technology the first improvement in camera technology, the author suggests should make back button focus an irrelevant technique in 2020 is the coverage of focus points in the latest releases of cameras by pretty much all manufacturers, but in particular, the Sony a7R4. Now, the Sony a7R4 offers 323 focus points. That's a lot of focus points. And you can manually choose between any of them. That means it covers 99.7%, that was harder than it should have been to say, of the image area vertically and 75% of the image area horizontally. So now the author is, is suggesting this reduces the need for back button focus in this way. And I'm going to read a direct quote out of the article so we get the full impact of what the argument is. It says, with my focus point always on the subject and no need to recompose my shots, I'm laying on the autofocus so that I'm always ready to release the shutter for the sharpest image. There's no advantage to adding a second button into the mix. And if anything, it's now obstructing a much better use for my thumb, and that is focus point selection. So the argument here is that one of the reasons to do back button focus was because we had too few focus points in the past and we wanted the subject of our photos to be off-center. We want to have them following like rule of thirds or golden ratio or you know some of the more compelling composition things. And to have the control to press that shutter button halfway down recompose the shot without either letting the button back up or pressing the button too far and snapping the photo before you're ready is a was a problem and so we asked for we don't want we want another way to do autofocus i need to be able to do the autofocus engage it let go and then press the shutter button independently and then i can do a better job of focus and recompose and 
I totally agree. This this was a reason for back button focus. And a part of the, the the people in that camp would say, yeah, this is that's the technique you need to use to give yourself a better chance of getting focus and making it easier on your fingers. In fact, this is use case number one of the five in the Canon article. I also totally agree with the author here, though, that we have really fast ways to change the active autofocus points with our cameras, or at least we need to. I think the way that this works on my Canon 70 Mark II is way better than how it works on my Canon 80D. And I, it makes a big difference. Being able to really quickly change which focus point is active has become a bigger deal in later versions of the camera, especially like the, the number of focus points has gone up. And we're going to talk more about this because this is actually another technical feature that they, they argue makes back button focus irrelevant. But I think there's a little more to the back button focus technique for this situation, the focus and recompose technique than is covered by the increased number of autofocus points in modern cameras. When I'm shooting and I need to do focus and recompose, I can grab focus once, and then because I'm using the back button to do focus and not the shutter button, I can take as many shots as I want with different compositions with the same subject and not have to worry that autofocus was engaging when it wasn't over the, the subject. As long as I don't change the focal length or my position relative to the subject while I'm shooting, I can set the focus once, recompose, and then you know go through lots of different compositions trying to change where they are and just fire away, pressing that shutter button, knowing my focus was locked in, I'm not hitting that back button anymore, and I can just, just fire away and do it. So... It's not exactly the same thing. I, I don't think the argument is fully there, but I was trying to keep an open mind. So I think there is kind of a fair point to be made here, especially when you consider the next point that the author makes. But when, when cameras are supplying far more focus points here in 2020 than we had available back in like 2013, the emphasis or the help we need to get the most sharpness out of our photos and helping us to be faster, it might be changing from back button focus to really needing a fast way to select which focus point's gonna be active. I mean, you have a focus point now that's actually over the eye on the model that's in the rule of thirds composition. We didn't have that before. So you were forced into a focus and recompose. Well, now you can just do focus. You don't have to do recompose. You have a focus point over that eye. And now you can just, so yeah, I, there, there could be some, something to this. I don't think it's fully replacing the need for back button focus. Like I said, I, I like the ability to kind of change uh, very quickly the composition I have with my subject and not having to worry that focus is changing every time I press the shutter button. I, I still like those two things being separated, at least in my mind, in, in the concept. But I'm a user of back button focus, and I don't have one of these newer cameras to really kind of play around with and, and see if I'm going to change my mind. So I can kind of see where the author went with this from Petapixel, but I can also see why I still think I might prefer back button focus over having the shutter button do it. 
But let's move on to the the next. There's still two more arguments that are being made in the article that that might convince me. So let let's go to the next one, and that is focus point selection. Very very coincidental that that was kind of where I was going. Was like, well, maybe that is becoming more important today than back button focus. That's pretty hand in hand. Uh, with that first technology, with so many more focus points being made available to us, then it becomes more important that we can really switch between them quickly. And the author, they're arguing that not only is it not needed, back button focus doesn't help you, they're arguing it hurts you here. If your thumb is pressing down the button on the back of the camera to engage autofocus, and this is particularly when you have continuous autofocus as the mode, the focus mode that you're using, then you, your thumb is like dedicated. It's it's fully engaged in pressing and holding down that button so that continuous autofocus can be used. And now you don't have a thumb to go to the other control on your camera that you can use to change which focus point is actively selected. And so you you have to, if you if you do need to change which focus point is actively selected, you got to let go of the continuous autofocus with your thumb, move your thumb down to the other control, move your focus point around, and then get back your thumb back up to the autofocus button. And the author's saying you're, you're wasting valuable time and potentially missing the shot because you've, you've, your thumb has to do more than one thing and it can't. And the author points out that with modern Sony cameras, you can even use your thumb on the touch screen to change which focus point is active making it much faster for being able to do that. And so now your thumb can do that. Your thumb can be continuously moving where the autofocus point is. And on the uh, Sony A9 Mark II, you can actually also have the autofocus system engaged. The continuous autofocus system can be engaged. You can have the shutter pressed halfway down to engage the continuous autofocus system and then use your thumb on the touchscreen to change the location or what active point is being used. And together with those two things, you should be able to, to really increase how sh- the, that you're getting the sharpness you want, that your photos are focused where you want them. And back button is totally irrelevant in that. The issue I have with this, and I do kind of have an issue. I'm kind of torn on this one again is that I don't actually use back button focus in sports because of this reason. Like, it's not because I need to constantly be changing the focus point in order to have the focus be on the athlete that I want. Uh, because I have autofocus, continuous autofocus in my camera, I, even though I have a 7D Mark II, that was released back in 2014. It's really dated right now. It has a pretty good continuous autofocus. And it doesn't mean I need to switch focus points. It means I, I use a focus point to select my subject. And then I just hold down the back button and continuous autofocus tracks my subject and keeps my subject in focus as they move across the frame. And so it does that for me. I, I don't have to choose a different focus point for it to stay there. It, it's kind of the point of back button focus, actually. And and the other situation that arises has nothing to do with these technical advancements, really. 
the the biggest reason, uh, probably the use case that made me go into back button focus the most, was the situation that comes up you know, pretty frequently as you're on the sidelines of a sporting event, where there are things that get in the way between you and the athlete that can distract the autofocus system. The autofocus system tends to go to whatever is closest to you in the scene. Not tends to, it, it will for sure go to whatever is closest to you in the scene. And if there's something that comes in between, like a, a ref or a, a cheerleader or maybe like a, a kid walking by to go to get concessions, the focus can switch to them. And then you're going to be out of focus for several frames. If you have that shutter pressed down and you're in like a, a continuous shooting mode, then you're going to get a whole bunch of frames that are out of focus until you do focus again, until the shutter um, can activate focus on your subject again and, and you can get back to what you need. That's really why I went into back button focus. That way I can have continuous autofocus engaged, holding down the back button and shooting whenever I wanted to capture the action that I was seeing through the viewfinder. Then if a ref gets in the way, I just release the back button and I can, I can, and I'm ready instantly as soon as they clear the frame, which is, you know, you might only have one or two frames where they're there. They're usually kind of running fast and they, they get past you pretty quick. Then I'm ready to like press the shutter button again. And my focus is likely going to be fine because it didn't change when that ref got in the way and uh, I can, I can resume shooting and then, yeah, it probably, I'll probably have to get focus again once I'm going to change what athlete I'm following or I'm going to have to change my focal length. I'm going to have to change my position, whatever it is. It changes pretty quick. And so, I, you know, you, you have to redo the focus pretty soon. But that use case with someone getting in between you and the camera, that's where back button focus really shines for me and what I found super helpful as I was shooting. And I just don't see how the ability to to have a lot more focus points and sh and choose between them quickly really addresses that issue. But maybe it does. It, maybe my ability to change focus points has impacted how I shoot. Maybe the types of focus points I have available on my cameras that are pretty dated. Maybe the technology really has led to the technique and the newer technology, if I got my hands on it and really gave it a try, just like I really gave back button focus a try, might convince me to change. And I, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. I'm really interested to see what you all think too. Let's go to the third bit of technology that they say they, uh, the author is is suggesting makes back button focus irrelevant here in 2020, and that is autofocus tracking. Um, I think a direct quote from the article is going to be best here again so that we can frame the argument. It said, behind all of these new tracking abilities is continuous autofocus. And behind continuous autofocus is a button being held down to activate it. These days, I'm almost never pressing the shutter without also autofocusing at the same time because all of these technologies behind uh, continuous autofocus have made it the smartest and most accurate way to shoot. I get a near real-time update in focus at all times, which gives me the highest chance at a sharp image. And I have to agree. <laughs> I have to agree on this point. The advancements that have been made in autofocus tracking are a really, really big deal. 
if autofocus tracking is a critical thing to getting your shot, this might be one of the few very valid reasons for upgrading your camera so you can get the latest technology there and have the very best chance at a sharp image. I love how the author put that, the very best chance at a sharp image. It really doesn't make a ton of sense to break your muscle memory to go to back button focus if you want continuous autofocus to always be engaged as you're shooting and pressing that shutter button. Uh, you may as well have the one button do both things because you want both things to happen in that case. So I get that. The only one th argument against it, it's a minor one, really minor, is your finger potentially getting tired. It, it does take like finer muscle control to hold the button halfway down than it does to like press a button all the way down. So if you're shooting for long periods of time, or you're needing to have that continuous autofocus engaged for a long period of time, your finger can get tired requiring that finer muscle control to be able to do a half press. Uh, although, it, I mean, like I said, it's minor. It's really minor. I, I think I really have to agree on this. If autofocus tracking is a big deal, other than something coming between you and your subject that can distract autofocus away, uh, maybe it's it's just fine. And, and the auto the focus might be fast enough these days that even if that subject comes in between and yeah, you get a couple of frames there that are don't have the right focus. I mean, you got something in the way anyway, so the shot's already ruined. But when they leave and the focus point is there where it should be and you have continuous autofocus engaged, it's going to just like instantly head back to where it was you were at. And it might be just great. So I don't know. I'm on the fence. I really, I don't have enough experience with modern cameras to be able to know if I'm convinced. Uh, I, I really want to try this out now. <laughs> I really want to like rent an, uh, a Sony A9 II, A9 Mark II, and try this out to see if like it's worth breaking my muscle memory again and having my thumb on that LCD screen to, to change the active focal focus point and then uh, use shutter button halfway press to do engage the autofocus system and, and how well that works and see if it like overcomes the obstacles and the reasons why I did back button focus and went through the little bit of pain there was to break my muscle memory the first time and, and incorporate back button focus. I think there's some value to the arguments here. I love to see photographers thinking about things differently and, and considering the impact of modern technology in our cameras and, and how we might need to shape our technique differently because the, the technology has changed and, and some of our techniques are a result or were shaped by the technology we had available to us at the time. So I think keeping an open mind about this really, really important. I, I certainly, I still have 2014 cameras. <laughs> so I'm going to be staying in the back button focus world for a while. When I change, upgrade my camera, I might be doing that this year in 2020. Finally, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, but maybe I'll, I'm glad to have read this article. So I know what I want to try and advance my technique to make sure I'm fully utilizing the technology I have in my hands. That's really kind of the most important thing. Back button focus or not, I don't care which one you use, but learning that it's there, learning how to configure it, learning how it can work, and then making a decision 
is the point. And, and knowing that it's there, that you understand the technology that you have in your hands, that is when, when it's going to matter. And then you'll know like, hey, this is a tech a time where I need that feature. I need that technique. I have a very specific scenario that's not working, but I know because I've used the camera, I understand all the menus and functions in the camera. I know this can be there. I know it can help me. And then knowing how to turn it on and use it when you need it. That's extremely valuable. That's going to help you to move down the path towards mastering your photography and being able to respond to changing situations and problems and, and things that you hadn't planned on. That's what makes you a better photographer. And I think all of this can help with that. Uh, I, I hope you liked the, that discussion. I'd love to hear from you too. You can let us know what you think about this. Are you back button focused or are you not? Try not to be too passionate about this. We don't want you saying like, you're wrong. You don't use back button focus and you're wrong. That's not what we need. But you can email the show. You can reply to the post I'll make in the Facebook group with this episode. And you can add a comment to the show notes on the website. Lots of ways to get in touch with us and let us know what you think. Uh, I think that's part of the value in the community too. I love how seeing how people think differently about this and considering it for myself and, and being able to take in what I think is valuable and not worrying about the things that I don't think are valuable. All right, doodads of the week. I'm going to close. I'm going to do that before I close up the show here. And it's going to be a little different, probably not like uh, directly related to your photography, but uh, well, it's something that's just been really valuable to me lately. And so I decided to make it my doodad. I am doing some testing that I'm going to be, I hope to get done here in January 2020 for my photo taco episode for the month. I want to talk about the best way that you should configure things with your catalog and photos on an external drive with Lightroom. What is the best way to do it? And are there performance implications? Uh, does it matter Mac to PC? Does it matter Thunderbolt 3 to USB? I mean, I, I had my preconceived notions, but I needed to actually test it out and see what it is. And I really wanted to capture video. I wanted to do screen capture as I'm doing all of this testing. It's really hard to like drive Lightroom at the same time as watching performance graphs and to try to see what the performance implications are. So capturing, doing screen capture, that means I can review it afterwards and get better information from the performance graphs, but also it means I can potentially make some YouTube videos and share kind of more uh, video evidence of the performance testing that I've been doing. Anyway, the, the challenge is most screen capture software is really heavy on CPU usage in particular, but also graphics and uh, some disk. And my good friend, Steve Razzel, he suggested that I look into something called NDI as a technology that can help me. You can find that over at ndi.tv. It's totally free for a lot of it. Now, they'll, they'll sell you equipment that has NDI stuff built into it and do a better job of recording and, and stuff like that. But if what it allows you to do is you, you add this little agent to your computer, Mac and Windows are both supported, and then it will start, when you run this utility, it starts transmitting whatever is on your display. Like the whole thing, you can say you only want pieces of it, but that's more processor intensive. So it's better just to say send the entire screen, whatever's on the screen, 
over my network to a, another computer where you're running like a receiver for these this information. And then you can do the screen capture recording from that second computer. And that's working really, really well for me. Uh, very, very nice technology. It's great that it's cross-platform. I can do screen captures remotely and not impact the system performance too much. And uh, I think it's going to be super, super helpful. I'm really excited about it. So that's my dude out of the week is NDI <laughs> as a technology for screen capture. All right, I'm going to close up the show here reminding you masterphotographypodcast.com is the home for the show notes. Go there to check it out. Uh, Facebook group is Master Photography Podcast. You can search for it on Facebook or there'll be a link in the show notes. You do have to answer a question to get into that group. We want to keep the bots and the spammers out of there. So you have to name a host on the show. So for this episode, that would be me, Jeff. You can just put my name, Jeff Harmon, H-A-R-M-O-N, and uh, we'll let you right on as soon as you, you can name a host on the show. Um, we, it's amazing how many people are trying to join the group who don't put that in there and we just don't let them in. You can find my work at jsharmanphotos.com. You can check out my other podcast, Photo Taco Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, this is a lot of what like Photo Taco is like. <laughs> a lot of times I go into uh, you know, technology details and, and explain them and give my opinion on how they can be used and what we can do to, with your photography. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash harmon.jeff. Instagram, instagram.com slash harmonjeff, no dot. And Twitter is Harmon underscore Jeff. Yeah, I had to add three different ones. Uh, my name is too common, unfortunately. So I can't, I don't have the same one across all of them. Don't have to worry about that. Just head over to the show notes and there's links to all of those things. If you want to follow me on any of those social media platforms. Uh, thanks so much, everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope I didn't bore you too much with my solo voice here on this episode and what you think. I'd love to know what you think about background and focus. And does this new technology in our cameras here in 2020 mean back button focus is not really needed anymore? Let me know what you think. I'm, I'm on the fence, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I, if I can get some current technology in my hands to really give this a test, maybe I'll be able to try it out and, uh, and let you know in the future. I hope you'll stay tuned and we'll see you again in another seven days. 